Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Thursday afternoon. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. What a great time of the year to be on the golf course. You can book your tee time or plan your trip at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Love to hear from you, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about on this Thursday on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live in the exact same place you do. I mean, not like the exact same place, not in your house necessarily, but in the same general area, C Spire country. Thought I heard somebody in the attic. Yeah. Yeah, just there whenever you need it to fix it. No, C Spire's professionals live right where we all do, which is in C Spire country. Check them out today, cspire.com slash business. You know who's really happy today, by the way, or at least they should be? The Mafia? LSU. Any like my question? answer better, but go ahead. LSU should be happy today because they are no longer the most morally corrupt athletic institution in the Southeastern Conference. That torch has officially been passed two states over to Tuscaloosa. Congrats, LSU. It is not you anymore. The jokes will now be directed eastbound instead of southbound. Somebody just asked for a favor on the day of his daughter's wedding and he couldn't refuse. What do you want? Hmm. Why, why do you why do you bring this to me oh, today oh. on the day of my daughter's wedding? I know it's not and exactly the line, but child it was the, it's the sentiment. Be a masculine child. Oh my! Uh, if you have not been following along today, there is a new layer to the Alabama baseball. We can now officially call it a scandal. I've hesitated. I said on Tuesday. I said yesterday as well, it doesn't feel like it is appropriate to at this point call this a scandal. It is not a gate yet, right? Oh, it is now. Well, no, I'm saying, I'm speaking in past tense. I was saying on Tuesday and on Wednesday, it's not yet a gate. It has become a gate. 
It is a gate. What gate? It's very uh, gatey. Bet gate? RTR gate. Roll bribe. Yes. Ba boom. Yeah. Um it's funny. Do you remember some of the comments that we got when we talked about this to lead the show on Tuesday? Yeah, we had people defending yeah. Alabama. And well, look at you now. Not just defending Alabama, but you guys are speculating and nobody cares about this. And, you know, what, what, there was a reason that we were talking about it. And then there was a reason that we rolled it into a larger story. So fast forward 48 hours, and we still don't know what happened. But Alabama's head baseball coach, Brad Bohannon, has been fired. I talked with someone who today said that well, Alabama was kind of looking for a reason to fire him anyway, and this was convenient. And I said, well, they better be right. It's one thing they to They were going to make the postseason. Well, maybe. Maybe. They kind of wanted to move on last year and didn't do it. All who, I know who told is you if, that. Greg uh, Byrne? <laughs> who, who, who told you they were looking to fire him and not, this was just an, Greg Byrne? Greg McElroy? What, what Alabama booster told you that story? They no, weren't looking to do any of that. No, this was this was somebody in college baseball who who knows that um, who knows the business pretty well. That Alabama was not particularly happy with Brad Bohannon and was maybe not looking for a reason, but open to a reason. My my point was simply: well, they better be right because if you go down the road of firing a guy for a gambling scandal tied to sports, you better have the goods because otherwise Brad Bohannon's going to own like a piece of the university. Because his baseball career is over. And I don't mean his college baseball career. His baseball career is over. And we don't even know he the details. To, he may go to jail. If, if, if we want to connect the dots here and sort of see where this is leading us, it ends in prison. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. You know, looking to fire somebody, maybe. You don't do it right now. Something happened. They found something. Something happened. And and now that it's leaking to both Andy Staples and Kendall Rogers that no players are involved, the investigation is just focused on Brad Bohannon, they found something. Think about that for a second. Think about it. You can explain away a player who made a bad decision and mentioned to a friend or a buddy or a relative a tip. You can explain away who a, a player who got himself into trouble with a campus bookie giving a tip to try and clear his balance sheet. I'm not saying any of those things happened. I'm saying you can explain that. A sitting head coach? In the Southeastern Conference, giving who, who, who publicly would say, well, I don't know anything about gambling. I don't even know how that works. And privately loses his job because of betting irregularities in the upper Midwest. I mean, get it out of the region of the country I'm in. Let's get this information to a. Borky just inadvertently explained how he did. Borky just inadvertently, maybe, just explained how big this story is. Andy Staples is covering college baseball today. Yeah, 
the, the implication. Teddy Staples has probably not covered college baseball since he cut, worked at the Florida student newspaper back in the day. The implications of this are, are far, far reaching. Again, it's still speculative, but they fired the guy, so they found something. A head coach at an SEC school. Maybe the biggest brand in the SEC doesn't matter. I mean, they're all huge, but at Alabama, a head coach at Alabama got fired today after a review went into gambling irregularities. That's what happened today. I, I feel like through all the craziness of, wow, can you believe it? People are missing that, like, like really not hammering that home that a head coach of an SEC school got fired today in connection to gambling irregularities. So we're, what, two years, not quite two years into widespread legalized sports betting across the United States, beyond Vegas and Atlantic City. We got it in Mississippi. Uh, two years. Maybe three. Hasn't been that long. I mean, this is still relatively new. Hey, Dad, how long have you been on September the of 2019 is when the uh, the national ban was yeah, lifted. Yeah. But then states had to start enacting laws, and, and yeah, yeah, Mississippi's yeah. triggered right away, but other states, it had to slowly unravel. Yeah. Um... This is the first scandal that we've had. And of all places, college baseball. If you'd been taking bets, sorry for the example, on what sport would be the first to have a scandal related to legalized sports betting? And, and oh, by the way, the integrity monitor group that is in place, this is why they're there. Yeah, they did their job. It appears. It certainly appears so at this point. Feel a little justification for us talking two days in a row about injury reports and competitive integrity? Because now you know why we've advocated for that. And now that we know that a coach was somehow involved, the SEC has got to do something drastic. You have to. You you cannot just... Well, they fired him, and we're going to work on education to make sure that... No, no, no. Head's got to roll. And not just Bohannon's. you got to do something drastic. This cannot be seen as something that, if you're sneaky, you can get away with. Yeah, I mean, when you say heads have got to roll, I'm not sure who's getting fired at, at this point. But it's, it, it's time to be aggressive yeah. in transparency. Policies have to change. Punishment has to get doled out. And I don't think it matters or not, but this is the same athletic department that has had how many scandals since January? Well, let's not do that yet. Because I... Okay, Borky, let me go back to what you said just a second ago. You said heads have got to roll. Should Greg Burns, when you think about the year that Alabama athletics has had... And it's May 4th. What is the level of scrutiny that Greg Byrd, who to this point has been one of the more respected athletics directors in the country, primarily because he has a dominant football program and he's had a really good basketball program and he's made some good hires, baseball notwithstanding, um, 
What? Is, should he be uncomfortable? We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Say what? I know some of them. Can we overlay that that music on the uh, on the the uh, the cleanup from the Lufthansa heist on Goodfellas? Can we just put that music over there? instead of Layla? We have Yay Alabama now. Mm. Man, since January, since January, you had your star basketball player involved to some degree in a fatal shooting. Another teammate get arrested on capital murder charges of that shooting, and another teammate present at the scene. That happened, although you didn't learn about the star player until weeks later Mm -hmm. being involved. During that season, after you find that out about the star player, they do the the pat-down celebration and all that stuff, and your basketball coach says he was at the wrong place at the wrong time, and, and all of those things that come with it. You had an incoming basketball commitment get arrested on marijuana charges, mm-hmm. and he was in, had a gun with him. You had marijuana. a uh, not the athletic director, but uh, a step below him get arrested on domestic violence charges. It's all they are at this point, but still, that happened. And now you had to fire your baseball coach because he is connected to gambling irregularities involving his team. That is since January. It's May 4th. And may that be with you. Mm. The, um, the arrest for the staffer was Matthew Self. Matt Self, Travis, Matthew Travis Self, third-degree domestic violence, deputy director of athletics for compliance. He was the, the staff member that was, I don't know what the details are. But, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that has gone on with Alabama athletics in a short period of time, and it feels like it's got to feel for Greg Byrne to some degree. Now, he would deny this. Like it's kind of spinning out of control a little bit. You know, it's been like a, uh, a a deal where you just kind of you guide the ship. You know, you make big decisions when you have to, but generally speaking, you guide the ship that is at Alabama Athletics. But now the ship's got got some holes in it. It's leaking some water in some different places. So. What's the level of scrutiny for Greg Byrne all of a sudden? Ask that question before the break. What is it? What should it be? If if Zach Selman, since he had been hired, had all of these things happen at Mississippi State, 
If Keith Carter had had all oh of these things happen at Ole Miss between the, the first of the year and now. Probably gone. Both of them. Why are we not talking about that with Greg Bird? I, I think I would sit here and say that both of them have lost control of their department and somebody else needs to lead it. That's what I would say. The, the only thing that can save Greg Byrne is the fact that football is still what football is. And that's all they really care about there at the end of the day. As long as Nick Saban's winning and Nick Saban likes him, are they really going to disrupt that? Maybe they do. But this still, even though it's been professionalized, is college sports, right? Brandon Miller and the other two teammates involved. Brad Bohannon. Nate Oates all represent a university. It's not, this isn't the Saints, where Alvin Kamara still plays despite dealing with assault charges. Because that's a, it's a professional sports team. And if he does get like convicted, then he will face punishment by the league. But until that's done, because it's a professional organization, looked at under a different lens. But if he does get convicted, guess what? He's getting suspended for a long time. So even he faces punishment for that. This is a college, a university, an institution of higher learning. And it's one after another after another. Gun violence, gambling scandal, and the handling of both of them happening at a university. The person in charge, even if it's quote-unquote not his fault, that's whose feet it lies under. All right, so Donald in Oxford asked that question. He's like, what could Greg Byrne have done differently? Who could have done any better given the circumstances? He could have suspended Brandon Miller, for starters. Could have made Nate Oates suspend Brandon Miller. They didn't do that. They stood by him every step of the way. Sometimes at the end of the day, you don't have the, the, the benefit of foresight. But the boss, the person who's in charge, has to be held responsible. I mean, if we wake up tomorrow and... You know, pick a random stock, it drops a hundred points, and the company starts to flounder and go out of business. CEO's going to lose his job. Why? What could he have done? You know, doesn't matter. Results are what matter. I mean, if I sat here behind this microphone and, and used a bunch of bad language, f bombs, and stuff, started calling people names, using inappropriate words, Will East's day tomorrow is a bad day. He would have had nothing to do with what I said, but his day tomorrow is a really bad day if I were to do that. Because he is my boss. That's how it works. Darren Jackson says, A friend of mine just texted me and said, Not every coach can conduct himself above board and follow the rules to a T like Nick Saban does. Kyle in Hattiesburg sends us a message that simply says parole tied. Oh. Ooh. Stuff, stuff. Um, th- this fall, l- like it or not, going back to the message from Donald in Oxford, th- this falls into the lap of Greg Byrne. And you say, what could he have done differently? Well, he could have demanded a culture within that athletics department that holds people accountable for wrongdoing and that does the right thing not just the thing that leads to more wins 
And I, I, I get that that's, you know, maybe not very common. But yes, Brandon Miller, that, that's, and, and here's the crazy thing. And I know this, I guess, secondhand. People within the Alabama Athletics Department, within their communications department, within their senior staff on the athletic side, they believe they handled the Brandon Miller situation well. What a bubble. They believe they handled that the right way. Nate Oates got horrific advice, horrific direction from the communication staff at Alabama in how to handle all of that. Greg Byrne made bad leadership decisions in how the department was going to handle the Brandon Miller situation. Maybe they're overcorrecting here. Or maybe they're trying to make up for lost time. You know, let's get, get out in front of this thing and we'll kick Brad Bohan into the curb. And we'll gotta we gotta see. We gotta see is more these were the statements from Alabama. Uh first from Greg Byrne released a statement that said, quote, they had initiated the termination process, close quote, for among other things, violating the standards duties and responsibilities expected of university employees and that the university would have no further comment due to an ongoing review. Okay. What are those other things, among other things? There's a lot of weight to those three words. Greg Sankey said today, we are aware of of reports related to the suspension of wagering Alabama. Hold on, i got to read that again. We are aware of reports related to the suspension of wagering on Alabama baseball games. We will continue to monitor available information and any regulatory activity. That quote yesterday from Greg Sankey. He said, together with our member universities, we will continue to emphasize the importance of regulating, overseeing, and providing education related to sports gambling activity. Hmm. When are the spring meetings in Destin? Three weeks. Last week of May, Labor Day or Memorial Day week. There's so many more angles to this too. It's crazy. I mean, I don't know if we have enough time in the entire show today, up against a guest anyway. But not only you know what should Greg Sankey do? Should Alabama can get to play in the postseason this year? The, the whole season now needs to be questioned. Now they're not particularly good. But still, you have to wonder. that You have to look at every game and every decision Brad Bohannon has made this season. You have to. You have to cross-check it with every bet that's made, I mean, all of that, and then also, who do they replace him with? We don't have time for that conversation right now. We will uh, pick that up perhaps later in the day. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Coming up next on the Farm Bureau Guest Line, Brad Henderson will join us. We will talk Ole Miss baseball next. TV. Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. From Columbia, Missouri, where Ole Miss and Mizzou will begin a three-game series tonight at 
Taylor Stadium, I believe it is, Brad Henderson, who, as Michael Borky reminds us on the graphic every week, is the all-time hits leader at Ole Miss. He's also the color analyst on the Ole Miss Sports Network from Learfield. Hello, Mr. Henderson. Hey, man. How are we today? Good. A little Thursday night baseball. In fact, three straight weekends to close out the regular season with Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. You've traveled with the team. You were at... I'm sure at their practice last night at the ballpark. Now, what's uh, what's what's kind of the vibe around this Ole Miss team? Yeah, uh, everybody's getting ready to go. Obviously, uh, you know, got the lineup out. We've got still got a couple guys banged up just a little bit, so the lineup's going to look a little different tonight uh, as we face Missouri. But uh, I think the spirits were good at practice last night, and then obviously they went and hit early today, and so. Um, they, they fix and leave the hotel here soon. I've already made it to the ballpark, but uh, yeah, I think everybody's excited for game one here in, in, in Como. All right, so so tell us about the ballpark just a little bit because most people have watched the game from there, seen pictures of it, and it just it's a lot different than most of the rest of the SEC. Yeah, it is. It's a little smaller than than what we're accustomed to. Um, and the wind always blows here. It's blowing straight out to left, so hopefully that will favor the Rebels. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's actually, Richard, it's actually a little better than what I was anticipating. Uh, they've got some, some chair backs down the left field line, some bleachers down the right field line. But, yeah, if, if you're spoiled and, and you're used to watching the Rebels play at home and at Swayze in front of our crowd – do you have to kind of get self-motivated to, to play in a stadium like this? Probably a little bit, but I think the players know what's on the line trying to get to Hoover and, and trying to get to the postseason. So, you know, you can't certainly can't let that be a factor if, if there's not a, a a big crowd here. So, obviously, we'll, we'll see how that goes tonight. But, yeah, it, it's certainly not swayed. So, three weeks remaining in the regular season, and interestingly enough, it was – with Missouri a year ago that kind of the digging out of the hole started for Ole Miss. They swept Missouri and Oxford. They go on the road and they sweep LSU, and, and then they have Texas A&M to close it out. How much awareness do you think among this team is there about what they've got to try to accomplish if they want to return to postseason, or have they kind of just set that aside and said, let's just go play, try to play our best, and see what happens? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think they just try and stay focused one game at a time. And uh, I, we we knew the conference schedule was top heavy on the front end, and uh, obviously the injuries to some key players. Uh, you know, we didn't get out of the gates as, as well as we'd like. But uh, yeah, we got an opportunity now. And, uh, this was about the time uh, when we when we started to put it together last year, and we were a little farther ahead, right, going going into the final three series, but. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a team we match up well against. We'll see Chandler Murphy tonight, who we saw two years ago in the Super Regional at Arizona, and uh, last year in in Miami when he was with Arizona. So it, it's a be a familiar right hander we'll face tonight. And uh, to to be honest, after the first weekend, uh, Mizzou is two and six, two and sixteen since that first weekend after sweeping Tennessee. So obviously they haven't played their base, best baseball either uh, lately. So I think it's an opportunity for Ole Miss to, to continue uh, to play well. They've won three out of the last four. And uh, so we'll, we'll see how it goes here at 6 o'clock. So, Brad, what do we need to know about Missouri? Because they are, I mean, to your point, they, they, they swept Tennessee right out of the gate. And everybody's like, whoa, what's going on? And then they've been really bad since. They have had some injuries, especially on the mound, 
What gives with this Missouri team? Yeah, you know, they've had some injuries uh, kind of like we have. And I, I think if you're Ole Miss, you, you got to get through the heart of the lineup. you got to get through Zeisler uh, and, and Mann. Th- those two guys can really hurt you. Uh, and But they've struggled. They've struggled offensively in the league. They come into the night hitting only 216. They've only hit 17 home runs in the league. And so, you know, my thing would be you can't let those two guys beat you. And uh, you got to take care of the rest. And, you know, the, the question mark for Ole Miss and it's been the consistency, but you can't give them free passes. you got to make them earn it. The wind's going to blow out here. We know that. Uh, it sits up on a hill kind of here in Columbia. So, You've got to make them earn it. And if you do that, I feel good about where Ole Miss could finish this weekend. But if you don't, you're going to be in a dogfight. But for me, that that's the key is is can Revis, can Quinn, and and whoever throws game three on Saturday, can can they stay in the zone and 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 make the Missouri lineup beat them? If you had to give a letter grade to Jack Doherty for last weekend remembering that he, he pitched two times and it looked a little bit different the first time, the second time, what would you give him? Yeah, I would give him an A. Obviously, A-plus would have been really good both outings, but obviously game one, he, he did get an A-plus, right? And then I thought uh, game two, you know, B-plus, A-minus, just simply because he did give up the lead twice. I mean, and, and <laughs> so he, he would tell you that. But I thought he really gutted it out, and I thought, uh, I thought he was the right guy to be in there. We had Braden Jones uh, ready to go. But, you know, when you're a coach, you want to win or lose it with your horse. And Jack's been our horse. And, and that was the, the spot he was slated to be in at the beginning of the season. So we stuck with him. And the key was he never gave up the lead. There's such a, a mental – it's demoralizing if you give up the lead. But he never did. And then, obviously, he allowed – uh, the offense to win it for him in the bottom of the night. So I thought it was a gutsy performance from Jack, who had had some shoulder uh, soreness the weekend before. So, you know, kudos to him for, for at least keeping us right there and, and allowing the offense there in the night to win it. So in game one last weekend when he came in, he was 94, a bunch of 95s, a few 96s. Was his velocity up just a tick last week? coming out of the pen as opposed to where it was when he was starting? Yeah, yeah, certainly, because it was max effort, right? He he knew he had to get six or nine outs to finish the game, and, and he let it go. And that's as good as we've seen him all year, uh, you know, even in that role. Of course, we haven't had the chance to get him in that role much, yeah. but, uh, you know, that you think back to Friday at Mississippi State, he was tremendous that day, too, so I don't want to take anything away from Jack in that performance, in that 2-1 to win. But, uh, yeah, it was really good to see. It was really a, a shot in the arm for Ole Miss, too, because you kind of knew once you go into that situation, once you bring him in, you kind of know what you're going to get. And that's uh, and then you manage the game differently, right? You, you try and get a lead, and then you just try and hand the ball to him. So hopefully Ole Miss can do that tonight and um, and get game one under their belt. What do you make of this story out of Tuscaloosa, Hindu? It's been a wild week in the SEC, hasn't it? With uh, yeah, you know, with Scott Foxhall on Monday, and and now Brad Bohannon uh, in Tuscaloosa. I, you know, I've, I've only read bits and pieces uh, since I've been here, but uh, yeah, I was, I was really shocked. Uh, I, you know, I don't know Brad Bohannon personally, but everything I've heard about him has, has been nothing but uh, 
positive and, and good things. So it was really a shock to me. And I, I'm sure there'll be some more stuff come out on it. But uh, with three weeks left in the season, uh, it was really truly a storyline uh, today when, when I got the news. And one of the things that you, you wonder how Alabama will react on the field. I mean, that's a team that's not just – I mean, they're playing for an NCAA tournament spot. They're they're at nine and twelve, which is very much in striking distance to get into the tournament. But they've got to finish the season out on a strong note, and now all kinds of uncertainty. Yeah, it is, and obviously, it's it's gonna, you know, what, what's it gonna do to that clubhouse? You know, and and I think it goes two ways. And I had this conversation with David Kellum on the way over here. Those, you know, it's either gonna rally the troops and and they're gonna figure out a way, or you know the. the uh, the possibility of it, them imploding is certainly in play, and you hate that for those kids, right? They didn't, they didn't deserve that, and and they're going to have to face some challenges now over the next three weeks. And they're a good baseball team; they're a veteran team, uh, and I think that's why you know they could air to to pulling this thing together and and sticking it out, and playing well down the stretch. But boy, it sure was a curveball uh, mid morning today when when that news broke of Coach Wahan. Yeah, certainly was. Hindu, we always appreciate your time. Great catching up. Uh, we'll be listening in tonight. Ole Miss in Missouri, 6 o'clock, 5.30 airtime on the Ole Miss Sports Network from Learfield. Talk to you soon, bud. Thanks, RC. That's Brad Henderson, all-time hits leader at Ole Miss. And uh, he'll sit in that chair alongside David Kellum inside Taylor Stadium. He was very uh, gentle with his description of the Missouri baseball stadium in comparison to some of the others in the league. It's nice of him. He's a nicer guy. Maybe than we are. Well, that's yes, I would I would definitely say that, yes. Than me or than you or than all of us? Than all of us. Yeah. Combined. Do you see Especially Vanderbilt's me. gonna do some updating to their baseball stadium? Good for them. What are they doing? Uh, so they announced uh, I guess it was last night or two They're nights ago. Paint they got it the same some, color some as the Cracker Jack there. box. It looks like, based on the leaked rendering, I'm sure they've since published it fully, but it looked like they were going to do like a club area that extends all the way down the first baseline. That's good. That's along that street. That'd be cool. It'd be really cool if they upgrade that. They're they're kind of, for lack of a better phrase, they're kind of screwed with the space that they don't have there. Very little you can actually do in terms of like full-scale renovations. Very much landlocked. Sports Talk Mississippi. All guests join us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. It's big. Brace yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. So Brian Haydad made the observation earlier this week, or the prediction, rather, earlier this week, that the winner of the Ole Miss-Missouri series would go to Hoover and play in the SEC tournament, and the loser of this weekend series would not. Are you standing by yes. that prediction? Well, I don't know. If Alabama gets kicked out, maybe everybody can get in. I don't know. 
It's going to be funny if State and Ole Miss both get in because Alabama doesn't get to go. Should they be allowed to go? I don't know. I feel I feel like uh, Ruxin in the league here. There's been collusion. This entire season is suspect. I don't know. If no player had anything to do with it, then yes. Yeah, the players. That would be an, yeah, that would be an incredibly unfair punishment for a team if their coach was at some level involved in sports betting or providing information or whatever, yeah. fully knowing that it is blatantly and vehemently and unequivocally and without question against the rules. At every level, then obviously he's got to be out. But I don't know that you punish the team for that. Yeah. That that seems a bridge too far for me. I think eventually the program needs I to agree. be punished in some way or, or, or somehow. The SEC needs to do something. Something. Why drastic. does the program I, need I, to be punished? Who else? I call for a full yeah. investigation into all Alabama athletics, which should take a full calendar year. Some, Let's just shut down the programs. Sometimes Everybody. it takes five. Five years? Okay. Football, basketball, baseball, nothing until we are convinced there's no problems, no shadiness. You've got to, if you're the SEC, you've got to do something drastic. You have to. You can't just sit there and say, well, the coach is fired, so all good. You can't. The, the, you, you have got to make an example out of them. You have to. This cannot be, you, you can't, you simply cannot as a league have everybody else think they protected Alabama. They got caught with a coach somehow involved in gambling on his own team. And if. And you think this should happen at the league level, not at the NCAA level? I don't trust the NCAA to get it right. I think the league. Uh, can and would do it better and more efficiently. I think Greg Sankey needs to just take over making decisions and letting everybody else in college sports follow him because everybody else in college sports would follow him. I have a question. What would uh, We saw what happened with basketball when they were ranked number two in the nation and how they handled things. What if Alabama was really good? What if they were number two in the nation in baseball right now? Are we hearing about this? Yes, because it wasn't a decision to bring this up internally. Alabama's hand was forced in this. It was forced by the Ohio Gaming Commission, the OCCC. What is that? The Ohio Casino Control Commission. But are they firing Bohannon if they're number two in the nation, or are they just like, we're going to investigate and see what happens? I think once an entire state takes your games off the board and issues an edict that other states follow as well, that no bets will be taken on this baseball program, it's enough of a red flag that Alabama can't bury its head in the sand, even if they're really good. You disagree? I I agree, but... I agree, but... mm, it's iffy for me. Yeah, Dude, how they got I, caught makes it impossible to ignore. I think. And the other thing is, it's baseball in Alabama. They don't care. I called Ryan Brown on Tuesday. Who Brad Bohannon was today. 
Yeah, you're right. I called I called Ryan Brown on Tuesday. I was like, hey, man, what are you hearing on this story? He's like, man, I've, I've told you before, people here don't, they don't care about college baseball. He's like, I'm looking into it. He's like, have you heard anything? I'm like, I mean, a little, but not a lot. That's why I'm calling you, trying to gather information. They talked about it on their show today a little bit, but with very little information. Obviously, football is king of kings at Alabama. Basketball is a big deal at Alabama. It is now, yeah. Yeah, but but are, aren't they the second most successful program in the SEC historically? Didn't we look that up one time? I mean, based on conference championships, yeah, but Florida does have two national titles. They do. And so if you want to say not the second best, you, they're one of the three or four best programs traditionally yeah, in basketball sure. in the SEC. And they'll tell you they don't really care about basketball until football is over. But, man, they roll 15,000 people into Coleman Coliseum on the regular. And so, pretty big deal. Baseball's not. They spent 30-something million on a stadium that people still don't come to. They've tried. They just they haven't been good enough in a really long time. Four o'clock hour coming up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll be right back. Come on, Super Talk Mississippi. Check the fire. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Whether you need wireless, fiber to the home, or business internet services, Ceasefire can help. Visit them online at ceasefire.com or stop by a Ceasefire store today. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Pearl River Resort, home of the sports book at the Golden Moon. You can check it out yourself. Great place to uh, watch games. Great place to get on in on the action. They do it the right way. Pearl River Resort, the uh, sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Uh, Brad Bohannon was making. $475,000 at Alabama. He was the second lowest paid head coach in the SEC ahead of only Steve Beezer at Missouri. There is a new update in this story. Oh, David Purdom, gosh. who covers... Say what? I, what were I you just, just ready to move I, on? Borky. No, he just no, read no, it. no, Bork, no, no, no. Borky just retweeted, and I, I just read what you're about to say, and that that was my 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 in real time reaction to. It. Oh, I, I thought that was a. Oh my gosh, can we just move on? No, not at all. No, 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 no. Oh no, no, no. We 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 stay with this. David Purdom is the guy that covers gambling at ESPN, 
and he has updated his story as he has several times since Tuesday. Alabama baseball coach Brad Bohannon was fired Thursday amid a widespread investigation into suspicious betting activity on the Crimson Tide's game against LSU six days ago. Not new information. Here's your new information. Sportsbook surveillance video indicated that the person who placed the bets was communicating with Bohannon at the time. Multiple sources with direct information about the investigation told ESPN. David Purdom, by the way, is likely not getting that information from Alabama. (laughs) No. David Purdom has been plugged in to the sports gambling world for a really long time. That's coming from the investigation side. I'm guessing. Wait, what? Yeah. That, that, aside from the fact that that is a shocking level of stupidity, makes you wonder why, you know? What, what was he involved in that made him feel the need to do that? Because when you're making that kind of money, if you're responsible, you don't need to possibly, potentially commit crimes to get more. Bet with your head, not over it. So, what wh- what else? And we'll never. I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that. But what else was he involved I, in I, to, to feel I, the need to do that? As a avid fan of The Sopranos and Goodfellas, I, I believe we can we can start putting some stuff together here. Allegedly, the speculation. Bohannon was we, in with some we, people. We, he didn't hey, need we, to be. We got to be careful here. We, we got to be really I, careful. I get here. that, but but that I mean, this is what this is how these things work. This I mean, I, I, this is how it happens. Because there's no other explanation. He didn't just do it for funds. He didn't say I'm going to risk my career and possible jail time just so I can make a little extra scratch here. No, not good. A sitting head coach less than two hours before game time, right? I mean, that's the timeline, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they didn't, I mean, obviously he knew if they were going to scratch their starting pitcher sooner. A sitting SEC head baseball coach was providing information to someone who was placing bets at a Cincinnati Reds game. Or at least at the Great American Ballpark, because there's a sports book inside that ballpark. Does the information that it... It doesn't matter. Never mind. It doesn't matter. It's a non-public tip. I mean... LSU was a minus 245 favorite in the game. Paul Skeens was pitching. They're probably winning that game regardless. But knowing that the best pitcher for the other team was not going, and they were starting somebody that had not pitched since March 16th, or who hadn't started a game since March 16th, that's, that's valuable information. Especially when it's non-public and the line had not had a chance to to be adjusted to reflect it. 
that, like we said at the beginning of the show, confirms why we talked about injury reports, that that has to happen now. You, you have to do it. You have to. You can't let this happen again. You, you have to do this now because a coach is engaged in the practice. You have to do it. Or allegedly, allegedly, a coach has engaged in the practice. Now, look, there are certain things that an injury report wouldn't reflect. If they thought this guy was going to start until two hours before game time and he starts the process of getting loose and he's too tight to go, then then you scratch him. That's not a violation of the injury report policy. No, but when, once in, in the professional leagues, how they do it, once it is determined, immediately everybody has to know. The second it is determined, it has to be reported. So if two hours before the game... Coach, I can't go. They immediately have to alert everybody involved. He can't go once it is determined. I'm going to read this again. It's hard to fathom. This is David Purdom's story at ESPN. Sportsbook surveillance video indicated that the person who placed the bets was communicating with Bohannon at the time. All right, so, so I'm thinking about, like, the movie Casino, where they cut to one of the shot of the wise guys upstairs who are watching video surveillance feeds, but just with much better technology now? So so is this a deal where you've got a better who's holding his phone, and his phone rings, and he looks to see who it is, and it says Brad Bohannon? And they're able to zoom in with the video footage to the point where they see that? Because how else would video surveillance indicate that the person who's taking the bets is talking to Brad Bohannon? Does it have audio? I I don't know. I mean, with what I, you know, I don't know a ton about casino security. And maybe we could just, maybe you want to fire off a quick text to one of our friends at Pearl River Resort to ask them this, but I have to imagine they have cameras in such places that they can hear conversations. And you don't you don't have any privacy in a casino. You give it up when you walk in the door. Yeah. Man. <sighs> this is either either something shady is going on or Brad Bohannon is the single dumbest coach in college sports. Those are your only two options in this situation. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there was there was a Memphis basketball scandal back in the early '80s involving Dana Kirk. I don't remember all of the mm-hmm. details. I mean, mm-hmm. we've there have been stories of of fixing games. Yeah, point shaving back in the day. Well, we had the the Tim Donaghy score uh, story yeah. with the the NBA referee years ago. Could you imagine how nervous he was when Alabama started coming back in the game? <laughs> Sitting in the dugout? <laughs> like, what's going on here? Maybe maybe Mike in Oxford is on to something. Maybe Alabama got Brad Bohannon's phone. Got or, or, or Do just we have another his, Hugh Freeze situation? Or just pulled his Do call. Do we have records. another coach who, coach who didn't use a burner? But, but again... Well, uh, couldn't you subpoena that? Because this is an NCAA, this this is different. Couldn't you get those without the opportunity to retract? Why would you know he had it? You go buy a track phone, throw it away afterwards. 
we're not dealing with the smartest people here, clearly. I, I get that at this point, yes. Brian on the C Spire text line says they must have known the person placing the bet was suspicious. I think the bet was suspicious. If, if you, they bet five figures on a random college baseball game in Ohio, why? That, that is something that is immediately going to like, why is this bet coming in? This isn't like a Monday night football bet where five-figure bets happen all the time. This is a random Friday college baseball game between two SEC teams being placed at a baseball stadium in Ohio. It doesn't make any sense. You, you know David Purdom's going to get the number, too. We'll find out how much it was. Yeah. He'll get it. Yeah. No, you're, you're, uh, Haven't absolutely. they alluded to the fact that it was a five-figure bet? I feel like I've read that yeah. in yeah. in one of these stories. But, but we'll get the if he got the phone call, he'll get the the size of the bet too. Only a matter I was, of time. I, I was told by someone in the sports gaming industry that them not having bet limits on college baseball is really stupid by the sports book. Are we gonna do this? Back to sports talk, Mississippi. Rolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk, Mississippi. It would be impossible for me to get enough of the story. I'm just I'm flabbergasted at the fact that an SEC coach, I know it's not football. But a head coach at an SEC school got caught essentially betting against his team, allegedly. Got a text here. Alabama was throwing games and Mississippi State still couldn't sweep them. (laughs) But, But that, you know, every single Alabama loss now has to be looked at thoroughly. Personnel changes, lineups, pitching changes, phone calls, everything. Hold on. All of it. I remember. I remember that Thursday night. State played that. That was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. The first game, Alabama. Like, I think they got down like three nothing in the first to State. They only gave their starter one inning. Like I don't know if they were planning to do an opener, or if he just got over his pitch count because he had a State put some runs up in that first inning, and he, I don't know what the deal was. But I remember thinking like, it's weird. They just pulled him after one inning. Every one of those questions that anybody has had about Alabama baseball this year. Now has to be investigated. Is, All of them. Is Richard doing our digging right now? I, I think is he, so. Is he, is he looking at? That's uh, good. We got real investigative journalism yeah. happening here on Sports Talk Mississippi. I, I think you don't so. get that anywhere else, folks. No. But this is a, a good text, and I agree. Said I was confused about the video surveillance detail from the report as well. We need some insider info about casino surveillance. Let's just put it this way: If you're at a sports book, don't allegedly. Try to use insider information to bet on a game when the information is not publicly known. Just don't speak that out loud when you're. Don't talk about committing possible crimes uh, with don't your buddies. Don't call the coach. Yeah, you know that. In just, the casino. Just don't do it in do the car. That. Yeah. God. Hey, I'll call you back. Walk outside. What's the deal? Okay, I'm going back in now. These guys are bad at crimes. Katie says it would be hard to hear over all the slots. Well, the the sports books are closed off. Quiet again. Not only that, these are casinos, man. They got money to burn. They they have top of the line stuff. They they if they want to hear what you're saying, they're hearing it. Somebody says they can tell by the time of the call, time, phone call was placed, and duration. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now now you know. He's going to jail. He's going to not he's going to jail. Allegedly. You you, you allegedly. Well no I look, no no. Regardless of 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 you know, if we're gonna say he had ties with the wrong people or he just decided out on his own, you you can't do this. This is illegal. This is more than just I'm not coaching again. This is I'm gonna spend a couple years in the in with prison Mike in the clink. With the Dementis. Yeah. Jimmy tweets at us. And it's bad. It's bad. And Jimmy says, not having betting limits on college baseball might be stupid, but in this case, not having the limit exposed is an an issue. If the person makes a $500 or $1,000 bet, no red flags. But it was a bet, a a sizable bet that was flagged. You know, somebody earlier said that, oh, I just hate Alabama. No, I hate what Alabama's coach did. I, I the, the the fact that look say what you want about Pete Rose but if he exclusively bet on his team to win that's a little bit different. This is a guy that allegedly bet on his team to lose. It, it has nothing to do with how I feel about Alabama as an institution. What what this guy did is is shameful. And the the implications of that action are going to be far, far reaching. And now, man, you know, all the past decisions are going to be questioned now, but for whatever it's worth, you're going to have people that are going to question these things in perpetuity now, unless a hammer comes down, which is why I keep recommending that. you got to nip it in the bud right now. You have to end it. Nip it! And the bud. You got to do it now. You have to end this now. You cannot let this be a prevailing thought or theme after games happen. You but can't I, do it. Our, I still have our the special of, gambling correspondent Richard Cross has nah. returned with new information. Go. No, nah, I got no new information. I still don't oh. wonder how it's possible. Not how it's possible, but how you could, how you could justify if it's isolated to the head coach. And by the way, they made an assistant coach the interim head coach. So they don't think it's like the entire coaching staff. Yeah. How if it is how if it is isolated to the head coach, you could punish the entire team. Uh, maybe not the team cuz cuz if the players aren't involved, I, I don't think they should be, but the institution you 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 have to do something and you know that's why Greg Sankey well, I mean, makes 3 how. million dollars a year and that's why I don't he's more equipped to make those decisions the the 19 year olds don't need to be punished for their coach being an alleged absolute moron but the institution so, you can't let this slide you cannot let Greg, uh, Brad Bohannon be the only person that is punished in this if you have to do the institution, especially with all the other stuff that's happened lately, do it. If it's withholding payouts from the league office, do it. Do it. However, you can send a message to the other soon-to-be 15 teams in the SEC that this will not happen again. You have to do it. Imagine if they just said, you're not getting your cut of the TV money this year. At fifty million, we'll split it up amongst the other teams. Ooh. You get nothing this year. I don't. That'd teach a lesson. Yeah, I mean, Alabama's a school that could live with it. They'd be like, "Well, that sucks, but we're going to be okay." But that would teach a lesson. I mean, it would definitely gotta, put the, the the smaller schools in line. We've had a handful of texts that have said this is lack of institutional control. I mean, 
Lack of institutional well, control is a charge that comes from the NCAA. Is this an NCAA issue? It should be. What I would uh, lack of institutional control. I mean, I understand it's an NCAA charge, but you know, if we just use the words, when you have a basketball program that's letting a guy connected to a murder investigation play without penalty, and now you have your baseball coach being fired and being involved in a possible illegal gambling scandal, your institution lacks some control over its athletic department. There's, I mean, just semantics. I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I agree that it appears that the University of Alabama Athletics Department, based on the last six months, or slightly less, has exhibited a lack of institutional control. But I don't know that that's punishable by the NCAA, especially in the current no. climate that we're in. This should be like one of the few things they still are capable of punishing, right? We get a message on the ceasefire text line that says gambling scandals will be the end of college sports. Nah. But but see, I would actually nah. push back on that. And and here's the thing: if if we are still in the environment where sports gambling is illegal, this could have still happened, but it would be happening in the shadows. And you wouldn't have sports book or uh, or casino surveillance video at the least. I, I don't know if there's audio tied to video surveillance or not. I do know that it is against NCAA rules to have any involvement whatsoever in sports betting. Every school in America tells its players and its coaches that you cannot be involved in sports betting at any period. At no level can you do that. You know, every every athletic every, you know, football building or whatever, there's posters and and there's signage everywhere, everywhere that says that's anti-gambling. It's everywhere. You can't possibly miss it. I mean on the on the on the walls in locker rooms in the men's room, you have two posters. One that talks about proper hydration, and this is what your urine should look like, and the other that says, you cannot be involved in sports betting. Are you a bad I'm, teammate? Yeah, I'm, I'm not making that up. Pee? No, I, you're I, right. No, it's 100% accurate. Like, like there, there are, you know, if you walk into a restaurant or a bar, they've got the advertising above the urinals, like the little plastic cover deal where they slide a sheet of paper behind it and advertise a DUI lawyer or how to get your teeth fixed at the dentist or, you know, who, who to call for a ride. In football locker rooms, they have those similar things on the wall. And one is a picture of the color of your what your urine should be. To, to prove that you're properly hydrated, and the other is no gambling. And, and it's not just no gambling, it's no involvement with any part of the sports betting process. 
It is an NCAA issue. I don't know if they'll get involved or not. If they know what's good for them, they will. And and what we don't know is the why. Right? I mean, that's the biggest question in all of this. Why, Brad Bohannon? Why? Why did you do it? We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. All guests on Sports Talk Mississippi appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau from the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson joins us right now. Always good to catch up with Luke. What's up, my man? Howdy. Good uh, Thursday afternoon to you guys. To you as well. Always good to catch up, and uh, we are getting to crunch time in the uh, in the college baseball season. Three weekends left in the regular season. Good news for Southern Miss. Two of those three weekends are at home. Three of the final four at home. If you go back to uh, last weekend, and we talked with Scott on Monday. What what a good week Southern Miss baseball had last week with five wins, two in the midweek in a in an area where they had not been very good this year, and then they get the sweep of Arkansas State this past weekend. Yeah, felt good about yourself being able to get back above 500 for the season. They ended six and five in, in the midweeks. And, you know, just this weekend just really overpowered Arkansas State. Uh, I know you, you talked to Scott about how, how good Tanner was. He got the uh, Sunbelt Pitcher of the Week Award as well as the National Player of the Week Award. And it's, it's really the last, if you go back to uh, the April 23rd game at Coastal, Eagles have mm-hmm. hit 18 home runs going back to that. Um, and so the bats are starting to come alive. Um, other than the top, you know, three with Edsel Dickerson and Wilkes starting to get some uh, pop in the bottom uh, part of the order as well. And so yeah, it seems like the offense has kind of made a turn. Uh, some of that I think was you know Arkansas State, but uh, Eagles uh, got some production uh, even Tuesday night. Nick Monastere continues to shine at second base. He had a grand slam Tuesday night against Tulane and. And uh, so it seems like they've uh, they've begun to, uh, to to find a stride here with a seven game winning streak. Yeah, ten five win on Tuesday night to uh, win their third straight midweek game. And, and again, we pointed to the fact that that had been a uh, had been a, a tough spot. So fast forwarding, uh, and I guess we need to do this in a couple of ways. Remaining schedule: South Alabama three games at home this weekend. No midweek games. Three games at ULM. No midweek games, and then three games at home against Louisiana. So nine left in the regular season. You got uh, the Jags and the Warhawks and the Raging Cajuns, and Southern Miss needs to do what, Luke, in your mind, over the course of the final nine games? To, I mean, I guess the question is that to play themselves in in a position to still potentially host. Yeah, you you feel like if they uh, if they win seven. Or eight, uh, so you would you would think if you can win a series this weekend. South Alabama's a team; they won their last five series. It's kind of a tale of two series uh, for them. And so Eagles, you know, would love to sweep. But if you get two out of three, you feel like you'll sweep it Monroe next week. And then it sets up with how many you know wins you can get against Louisiana. So um, if if you were to you know win three or four games in the tournament and maybe get to forty one, 
Uh, you feel good, you know, possibly about your chances. Uh, do you face Coastal Carolina? Do you beat them in in the tournament? Uh, but I mean, they're going to have to. Uh, I think they're going to have to win seven or eight to even put themselves in a chance uh, with what happens uh, in Montgomery. All right, so. If we look at this a different way, where it's not, hey, you're trying to win a certain number of games to host, I can't help but wonder if there is a certain number of wins combined with RPI that makes Southern Miss a strong enough two-seed that they don't get sent to Baton Rouge. I just, what's what's frustrating is, it's just like the NCAA sometimes will you know, make people like cross-country uh, you know, road warriors, and then teams, it seems, in our, uh, well, we've seen, what, the last five years, if you're going to be a two-seed, you're pretty much pegged. I mean, you know, State came in 2017, LSU came last year to, to Hattiesburg. Uh, but when the Eagles go on the road, I mean, where has it been? It's typically uh, Fayetteville, uh, Baton Rouge, or, uh, you know, I've been to Tallahassee. I would, you know, like to or, see, or Oxford. You know, I mean, what have they been, yeah, three yeah, times, four obviously. times to Oxford? Obviously, with Oxford, yeah, it just seems as if if you're a, a pretty good, two, they don't take into account how good the two seed is. Uh, they'll, they'll just ship them, you know, somewhere within that that mileage radius. Um, so it, it will be unique with with if Southern Miss ends up a two seed with Starkville and Oxford out of the picture. Uh, you know, could they go to a Gainesville um, or or something like that? I I just I would hate to see Southern Miss with the RPI if especially if they get over the forty wins. They end up as the Baton Rouge two seed. Yeah. Because you want to avoid Paul Skeens. I mean, that, 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 but it's twofold, right? I mean, yes, you want to avoid Skeens. He's the best pitcher in college baseball. But that Southern or that LSU lineup in that ballpark in the postseason is as scary as any opponent you could face in the postseason. I agree. And it's, it's going to be very hard no matter who ends up in their regional. So, you know, if you you look at it also, there are, I mean, we've been honest about this on the Eagle Hour, you know, two of those guys on the on the uh, selection committee that determine the regionals, you know, have Southern Miss ties, Will McGillis' dad's on there, and then Artigues down at Southeastern, his son is on the Southern Miss roster. You know, not I, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is, is that there will be people, I think, uh, that will not want to repeat a regional from last year all over again. Yeah. It's uh, it's altogether possible. So you talked about South Alabama. They're eleven and ten in the Sun Belt, but you mentioned winners of five of their last. Well, I guess their last five series. So ten of those eleven wins have come in the last five weeks after a slow start to league play. What's been different for for South Al? So um, I was talking to uh, to Cliff Russell today on the Eagle Hour. He's a Southern Miss uh, analyst, and there and. Uh, for the ESPN broadcast. They were talking to Coach Calvi this week. They had a lot of JUCO arms and just kind of a lot of settling in. There wasn't much chemistry early on, and they've kind of turned the corner. Um, they got they got Jeremy Lee back, who's their Sunday starter. He was a freshman All-American a few years back. Um, they've got some pieces out of the bullpen, and they just really have come together um, you know, as a team. And you talk about like how hungry South Alabama will be coming in. So the Sun Belt's one of those conferences, the, the top, the, the bottom four don't make it. So just the top ten do. And South Alabama right now is 11 and 10. And tied for that, I think, with like, you know, five other teams. Sun Belt baseball is like Sun Belt basketball. It's just a log jam. So if somebody at the bottom were to get a couple wins and South Alabama were to sweep or, 
to lose two or three from Southern Miss, they would probably put themselves back into that uh, on the borderline. Uh, and they still got to play Coastal. So, you know, they've been fighting for their life for several weeks trying to get off the bottom to even make the, the conference tournament. And so, uh, you know, they'll be hungry. So you put that with a combination of kind of finding their stride um, as a team. Just so many, I think they had so much roster turnover. Plus, uh, their backs have been against the wall, and, and that's just allowed them to really play well. You think the Sun Belt's a two-bid league? You think it's Coastal Carolina and Southern Miss, and then the only way there's a third is if somebody else wins the conference tournament? I mean, I mean, Troy's got an, an RPI. Uh, you know, they they lost two out of three last last weekend, but they're hovering. What are they like thirty-three today? Maybe. Um, so I do think that it can be a uh, a, a three-bid league. Uh, some of the projections have Texas State kind of on the line. Four will be really hard. Troy's RPI is 32 today. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a – it's a. I mean, that would be crazy, wouldn't it, to have a really good two seed uh, if Southern Miss got back in the hosting conversation and to have a, a, a regional either in Conway or Hattiesburg and to be a two-seed league, two-bid league. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you look at, te- I mean, Texas State 30 and 16 overall. They're 12 and 9 in the league. And, and Troy, to your point, I mean, to me, the conference record is the problem for Troy. I mean, they're, it's 11 and 10. I guess the RPI maybe matters more than that, but uh, it feels like they're going to have to win some games down the, uh, down the stretch. Um, game times this weekend? Six yeah, o'clock. So, yeah, six, two, and one. But they might change if anybody's looked at the. The weather forecast for Hattiesburg, it's supposed to be rainy tomorrow, maybe clears later on. And they, I'm just looking at the weather forecast, nothing official, obviously. They may have to play later on Saturday just to kind of avoid some weather. Okay. Well, we'll certainly keep an eye out for that as we roll into the weekend. Luke, always good to catch up. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Richard. Have a good day. That is Luke Johnson. He's co-host of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Hattiesburg, Super Talk Laurel, and always available at uh, supertalk.fm on demand. You can get it as a podcast and listen whenever it is convenient for you. Uh, Speaking of baseball, you can come join the Premier Collegiate Wood Bat League in the South as the Cotton States Baseball League is hosting its 15th season with games at BNA Bank Park in June and July. Collegiate players from Tennessee, Texas, and Florida are already committed for the 2023 season. You can send in your application to cottonstatesleague.com. It's got to begin by May 12th to reserve your spot in the Collegiate League. Cotton States Baseball is affordably priced. It features great facilities, great coaches, an invaluable opportunity to compete and get reps during the summer for college players, but also for up-and-coming junior high and high school players. Stat packages are available with results posted nightly throughout the season. All of the games are at BNA Park in New Albany. It's centrally located to so many great players from across the southeast region, including prospects at all levels. The application deadline for high school and junior high players got a little bit longer on that. It's June 2nd. So the Collegiate League deadline is May 12th. The high school and junior high deadline is June 2nd. Check out Cotton States League on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media platforms, and, of course, on their website, cottonstatesleague.com. We will wrap up the 4 o'clock hour with you. Remind you that uh, coming up a little bit later in the 5 o'clock hour, Deuce McAllister will join us. We'll talk about the Saints and their draft class and whether or not it was a boring draft, but whether or not that was a good thing for New Orleans this year. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks to Luke Johnson for joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Outside the lines, which is the news part of ESPN that we see on television, spent about six minutes on the Alabama baseball story today. And the host of the show had David Purdom on as a guest And we don't have time to play all of the interview for you, but he did specifically, he he read Greg Sankey's statement, and then he said to David Purdom, you have been in contact with the NCAA. Where do they stand on this story as it pertains to Alabama? Here's what David Purdom said. Yeah, the NCAA is aware of the issue, and they were very adamant about how seriously they take sports betting and the dangers that it poses to its student-athletes. So they're following up with everything, and they're on top of everything. I understand that they're part of the lead of the investigation. So there you go. Now, the idea that the NCAA is on top of anything, that strikes me as a little bit, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Like, Like they've been on top of everything else that they've done. But it is a new day at the NCAA with a new leader. And the fact that the NCAA is involved in this, not to mention gaming regulators and sports gambling integrity monitors, and they're not going to treat the NCAA, at least I don't think they will, the same way that the feds did during the basketball, where they won't turn over information. I would think that these are groups that would work with the NCAA because it's all about integrity and transparency and making the, the, the legalized sports betting industry needs confidence that you don't have to, how am I trying to I'm, I'm trying to say this they cannot have in the legalized sports gambling world, the even the threat of impropriety. It's got to be on the up and up. And so I would think that they would work with the NCAA. I would think. Yeah. They should. Now, yeah, but... They should. If the NCAA... There's been so much momentum to basically disband the NCAA. And even with the new leadership, I still can't help but wonder if Greg Sankey, when he sits in his office every day, thinks, I, you know, I could do it so much better than them. And he looks at the Big Ten and how they negotiated their TV deal and looks at how he negotiated his TV deal and then watches the NCAA throw hundreds of millions of dollars out the window because they're bad at negotiating and wonder, you know, we'll be better off. But if you're the NCAA, you've law you, you can't govern pay for play anymore. It's done. State law has superseded that. But everybody agrees that gambling getting involved with the outcome of games is wrong. You had debate over players should get paid or they shouldn't get paid. 
Or, wait, you're really punishing a school because a couple Tennessee players went to a cookout? Ohio State players sold their own stuff and a coach got fired for it? That That's stupid. That doesn't make sense. When it comes to this, everybody's in lockstep. Can't have that happen in sports. Five NFL players at the end of April were suspended for violating the NFL's gambling policy. Jamison Williams, Stanley Berryhill III, Quintez Cephas, C.J. Moore, and Shaka Tony all suspended for gambling. On other the Detroit sports. Lions were hit the hardest. Four of their players were banned. Yeah, some of them were on other sports. The, one, the ones that got the year-long suspension were on football, not on Lions games. Yeah. Calvin Ridley was hurt. Not what was it? It was Ridley, right? Got suspended for a year. Yeah. Did a little parlay. Yes. He wasn't even playing. He wasn't even playing. He was injured. Mm-hmm. Did a little parlay. Suspended for a year. And people made fun of the NFL. Those people were wrong. That is the right decision. Yeah. Suspended for the 2022 season after an investigation found that he bet on NFL games over a five-day stretch in November of 2021 while he was away from the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, not on the team, injured, rehabbing. Pulled up an app. NFL doesn't play around with this. Now, the difference, I suppose, in this story is that with the NFL, it's players who have been suspended. In this scenario, it's a coach, and Alabama has already fired its coach. And again, if, if you're if you're late to joining us today, David Purdom, who is ESPN's gambling expert, has covered sports gambling for a long time, updated his story and put on Twitter just a little while ago that sportsbook surveillance video indicated that the person who placed the bets was communicating with Bohannon at the time. That's according to multiple sources with direct information about the investigation. 5 o'clock hour, college football fix when we come back. Mm, From the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon, an afternoon where we have spent the majority of the time talking about Alabama baseball. It has nothing to do with the fact that they are playing Vanderbilt tonight on ESPNU. If you want to watch, if you want to see how they handle that off the top of the show, you got Tom Hart and Chris Burke on the call. Not from Tuscaloosa, but from their homes in Atlanta and Louisville, respectively. 
feels like it might be a good time for them to actually be at the ballpark. Just thinking out loud. Yeah, Tom won with us yesterday. I wish we could have had that today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might have spent less time talking about water balloons and more time talking about this story if that had had been the case. So is that... Is that 6 o'clock also for the start of that game? I think it is, but i got to double-check. Um, we're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, what, what Borky? you you got to agree. Uh, I've, just been, I've been thinking about you know how the, the guy in Cincinnati may have gotten caught. And I've, just, I've got this image in my head of an older gentleman who doesn't hear real well, and so he puts the phone on speaker. And he's at the counter. <laughs> yeah, hey. He's got the thing. My guy's not throwing right, tonight. Go ahead with what you were saying, coach. Yeah. Uh, seven so, o'clock. So first he's not going to play. For, so yeah. Yeah, you said you said thirty grand on LSU. Your guy's not going to play. All right, thanks, coach. <laughs> Vandy and Bama, seven o'clock tonight. ESPNU. If you want to watch it. My guess is more people tune into that game than would have otherwise. I might yeah. check it out now, just, you know, what the heck? Just to hear what the, the announcers talk about, yeah. Hey, how, how, how much do they, they get into it? I was doing the mental image thing a second ago as well. I did not have that mental picture, but that's a that's a good one. When you think about how sports betting has been done traditionally outside of Vegas and Atlantic City, prior to it becoming more mainstream and legalized, People would call their bookie, and they would place their bets. And they could kind of do that throughout the course of the weekend. Generally speaking, there was some sort of a credit line that was attached, or an individual player might have a limit, kind of depending on what that relationship was. And generally speaking, if the weekend did not go well and you finished on the losing end, your opportunity to make ground up ended with Monday Night Football. And then you had to go pay the man on Tuesday. And if you were a winner, collection day was Thursday. Or you could let it ride if you were so inclined. That's not how it works with sports books. Hey, Dad, if you want to place a bet on the Los Angeles Lakers with our friends at the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino... Coming to you, by the way, yeah. from the Pearl River Resort Studios. If you want to bet $500 on your Los Angeles Lakers to win game two tonight, then you need to have $500 in hand. That's right. And you will get a nice piece of paper in return. It's your bet slip. And if your Lakers win, then you will have the opportunity to go back and collect your winnings. The second and if they the game lose, ends. Correct, if you're assuming you're on property still. And if you lose, well, you can keep that you little bet slip as a memento or not, but you have already paid. There's no yeah. collection process. And so I'm thinking if this was a five-figure bet, which could be anywhere from 10000 to $99,999, you got somebody going to the window or going to the cashier At the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, the sportsbook inside with 10 large, 20 large, 30 large, plopping it down 
Give me LSU minus two forty five. Hey, real quick, uh, this is part of the college I can't football fix. Stop laughing at Borky's thought, by the way. I can't stop laughing at his image of the old guy screaming into it. Either that, or he's just like you know, some I don't know if I can say some douchebag with the Bluetooth just going, oh, oh yeah, yeah, we got Alabama here on there. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Just talking out loud for everybody here, making sure everybody's looking at him with his backward Oakleys on. Yeah, that's I can see that one too. College football fix is driven sorry, by Ford. Sorry if local. I can't say that word. It was just what you I kind of did. You, you kind of did. Yeah. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford tough. Test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Normally we would be talking about college football today, but instead this story has kind of driven the show this afternoon. Can't ignore it. You just can't. Nah. Deuce McAllister will join us when we come back. Let's ask Deuce when we talk to him. Like, hey, I know this isn't related to the the draft, but take me back to your days as a player. How did coaches, administrators, etc., talk to you and your teammates about gambling in both the NFL and when you were in college? We'll ask Deuce that when we talk to him coming up in just a little bit. I'm not even looking. <laughs> I'm not even looking. Oh man! Uh, Somebody uh, said, "Hey, for a $500 bet, you've actually got to pay 550." Yeah, I mean, you got to pay the juice up front as well. Oh well, I mean, you can place. It depends on whether you're placing a to-win bet. At whatever. Never mind. Yeah. Either way, but. Now what do they do? And by they, I mean everybody. What does Greg Sankey do? What does Alabama do? What does the NCAA do? And what does Greg Byrne do to replace him? Where where do you go? Because... Uh, and do you trust Greg Sankey or Greg... Uh, Greg Sankey, do you trust Greg Byrne to make the next hire? You know, honestly, no. I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't. Burn has burned through a lot of credit, which I never thought would was possible. I thought that guy was the elite of the elite of athletic directors, top of the line. And man, he is just yeah. These past six months. All right, so tell me what. Well, you, you you have to go hire a new baseball coach at Alabama after the season is over. Whether it's Greg Byrne or somebody else making that hire, and and I don't think that Alabama is going to fire Greg Byrne in the next month. I don't. They might no. should. I don't think they will. So let's assume it's Greg Byrne making that hire. Where does he turn? If you're an Alabama booster, a big one, and you know the school doesn't care, they don't care about baseball, do you tell Greg Byrne, hire somebody that's not going to do this? Don't care if they win or lose. Don't break the bank. We'll put that money back into the NIL fund that Nick is just so mad about that he doesn't have enough of and hire somebody that will never, ever get Alabama baseball in the news again. Wouldn't that be... if you uh, were, other, than, other than for their play on the field. Yeah. And, and, but even Which, then, In don't other really words, care. never again. Yeah. It's Alabama baseball. Never again. If the team no, doesn't... But hold, hold on now. Hold on a second now. That, that's not fair because Jim Wells... Had that program rolling. They have not that's been true. relevant that's since not, him. That's true. 
multiple trips to the College World Series, multiple SEC regular season and conference tournament titles, and an almost every year participant in the NCAA tournament when Jim Wells was the head coach. It's been a while. Where would you turn? Porky, should I say what I said before the start of the show? What I said is you? It depends on how mad you want people to no, get No, people, I don't think anybody's going to get mad out of this. And, and, and I mean this, this is, frankly, it's the biggest compliment that I can give. If I were Greg Byrne, now you've got to remember, they're paying $475,000 to Brad Bohannon. So first of all, you've got to decide if you're serious about baseball. If you're serious about baseball, then you have to pay a serious salary in the SEC. If you're not serious about baseball, you pay your coach 25000 more than Missouri pays their coach. So you got to decide if you're serious. And if you're serious about it, then I pick up the phone and I call the second winningest head coach in the history of SEC baseball that is one year removed from winning a national championship and has basically been a postseason mainstay and who has a level of integrity that is impeccable among coaches, administrators, who's never been sniffed by the NCAA for anything, and who has run a model baseball program for two decades in the league. Now, Mike Bianco might laugh Greg Byrne off the phone, but if I'm Greg Byrne and I'm serious about baseball, that's the first call I'm making. Maybe I'm crazy. Talk Mississippi continues. Welcome back. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. The one and only Deuce McAllister. He's the color analyst on the Saints Radio Network, former New Orleans Saint great, former Ole Miss great, and all-around good guy. And it's been far too long since we have talked to Deuce. Great to catch up with you this afternoon, my friend. How's it going? It's coming on pretty good. How are you doing? Good, Deuce. Uh, really, really good. Thank you, man. Uh, I want to talk draft, but because of the the story of the day that we've spent so much time focusing on, this Alabama baseball story where they fired Brad Bohannon and sports gambling and stuff all, all tied into this, take me back to when you were playing, Deuce, both at Ole Miss and when you were in the Saints. How in your face were teams, coaches, administration, front office people about staying away from anything related to, to sports gambling? Well, before before I start on that, I have to tell you, Richard, I just stunk it up on the golf course, and uh, I, uh, Holmes Community College did an outstanding job uh, at Deerfield Golf Course yeah. in Madison, Mississippi, putting that event on. But I stunk it up. My team, we did not play well, but hopefully they raised a ton of money, and my Mulligans definitely paid for some of that. But <laughs> when you talk about <laughs> the situation, hold, in hold Alabama, on. What were the issues? Was the issue off the tee, or was it on the green? Uh, all of the above, oh, all of the above. Okay. Uh, I mean, it was just like you really couldn't get right into golf season. It, you, 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 I could not get right, and so you, you'd hit one good off the tee, and then you couldn't putt, or you know the approach shot. You know, you're, you're, you're talking about only 
75, 85 yards in until the green, and I, I just we, we could not get right for anything to. We couldn't get we we could not get right at all, but it's 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 one of those days on the golf course. But it was a fantastic day, so I had to give them a shout out just to to be Very involved good. in it. But when you talk about the Alabama situation and them, you know, firing the coach, what's interesting? It was a sports book that was out of Ohio, mm-hmm. and you know they were the ones that kind of raised the 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 flag and said, "Hey, look, something is going on." One. Uh, because it's Alabama and you're playing the number one ranked team and they were the ones that kind of sound the alarm and all of the rest of the sports book, they took notice, but really, really didn't take any action. But since that went off, you know, there's been this investigation and, uh, you know, just different things have gone on. And today they took the steps, uh, to fire the head coach because obviously they have something. Uh, but for, for myself, when I was playing, um, it, wasn't really anything that was prevalent like it is today. I mean, uh, today's sporting world, it's advertised in the stadium. It's advertised daily uh, on the networks, but it wasn't like that when you go back, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And, um, you know, you see NFL guys, particularly, they're getting suspended for, you know, whether it's gambling at the facility, whether it's gambling on games, uh, they are able to kind of track that whole situation and system. It's uh, it's incredible, and it's a story that's still got layers. You may not have seen the most recent update. They say that uh, they've got surveillance video that connects the person who made the bets in Cincinnati to directly to Brad Bohannon. So it's this thing isn't over yet, uh, and it's it's pretty incredible. I, I'm curious, Deuce, in some ways, and and maybe it's because there wasn't a quarterback involved. I feel like people might look at the Saints draft this year and say it was kind of a boring draft. But maybe boring is exactly what New Orleans needed. They went into it with, this is what we need to accomplish, and then it appears like largely they accomplished that. What did you think? I'm okay with boring. I mean, boring wins football games. Uh, you have to, particularly the New Orleans Saints, they had to solidify the, uh, the interior of the offense and defensive line, and they definitely did so with their first two picks as far as picking a defensive tackle and defensive end. And so that's where most football games are won. Uh, the Saints lost technically probably three starters on a defensive line. Uh, when you look at it, and so they had to replenish that group, and they were able to do so. And those young guys, look, you know, I don't, I don't, call for them to come in and be all pro players this year. I want them to be contributors. And when you talk about a contributor, he may start some games, but he's definitely going to play. You know, he's got to have an impact. It doesn't have to be a game-by-game impact, but he's got to have an impact. And I think that that's what they got uh, long-term after three years. Let's reevaluate and see exactly how those players have uh, fared in their roles that they are in, and hopefully their roles continue to grow uh, each year. But right now, today, as they stand, you know, I think that they made some pretty good selections overall for themselves to, you know, kind of get better. As you've looked a little bit at, and I'm going to mispronounce his last name, is it, is it Bracey? Or Breezy. Breezy. Bre- okay. Yeah, Breezy. All right, so out of Clemson, there is a recent history of dominant defensive linemen that are really athletic. He was banged up, so he did not play as much as some, especially in 2021 when he only played in four games. But what do you make of, of what he brings to the table? He would not have been on the board had he been healthy. 
He is that talented. Okay. If he is healthy for this past college football season, the complete season, you're not picking him at 29. He's not available. That's how talented he is. And so for the Saints, they're ba- they're, they're 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 banking on their um, staff, their medical staff, being able to say, hey, "Look, we can help this young man continue to rehab the injury that he has had. It's really a shoulder and a knee uh, recovery from a knee injury. And if he recovers from that, then he's going to help those the Saints inside, not only from a run stopping ability, but being able to get after the quarterback. And you know that's that's how you win in that league. You've got to be able to affect the quarterback." All right, so they they get Isaiah Foskey in the second round out of Notre Dame, and when you look at his numbers, I mean, back-to-back seasons with double-digit sacks at Notre Dame, started every game for the last two years. Is this a true edge rusher, put him out there and say, go get the quarterback? And if that is the role, can you do more of that as a rookie than if you're being asked to do more? Here's the thing. He's really raw. (laughs) He is the all-time leading sack getter for the University of Notre Dame, and he's raw. You know, when you look at him as far as what he can do, what what ability, what overall ability he has, he can probably do more. And so for the Saints, they will use him in third-down situations. They will use him inside. They will move him around as far as he won't line up in just one position or one spot. They will move him all over the defensive line, really all over, you know, the front four positions and just – kind of let him refine uh, his technique and some of the things that he's doing from the defensive end position. Uh, but he can he can definitely help you. And I won't put a cap on him yet. I need to see him. I need to see how he moves. I need to see how he uses some of the things that he has before I kind of put a number on him. But here's something interesting. When you looked at 11 of the characteristics of your first-round pick, Marcus Davenport, who a lot of people obviously, you know, felt like the Saints reached on. He was a first rounder. Well, Foskey of eleven characteristics, he hit every one of them outside of three, from size to weight to wingspan to uh, vertical jump to ten yard split, forty yard split. Out of eleven main characteristics, and the Saints love the rise. That's the uh, basically. Um, a technique, you know, out of ten, nine, one out of ten of how that player ranks at that position. Mm-hmm. He ranked, he scored really, really high, and so for him, he, 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 not only from an eye standpoint, as far as yes, this athlete looks good. He can play the position, but I think that he can even improve. And you know, it's up to the New Orleans Saints to kind of develop him, and hopefully, he can continue to develop and be a playmaker for him. I want to ask you about one more guy. And I would think this one hits close to your heart, right? You have uh, you've been a rookie running back in the NFL, Kendra Miller, out of TCU. Had a special season a year ago, banged up at the very end. What can he do as a rookie, and what's he going to be asked to do? Because there are some questions at running back. I think that's fair to say. No, that's a hundred percent fair to say. I think for him, keep your head down and go to work. Because there's going to be some opportunity. And so the New Orleans Saints know that they have to take some of the load off of Alvin Kamara. The question will be uh, how many games he will be out for with the situation that he had a couple years ago in Las Vegas, you know, from the Pro Bowl. And so uh, there there will be some carries there for him. And so what I, my, my, my advice is to him, soak it all in. Um, keep your head down and just go to work. I mean, because the Saints want you to be successful, it's up to you to commit to being successful, and it's up to you to being able to say, I can uh, absorb that, that playbook and I can go make plays. 
Hey, what are teams and, and the Saints specifically trying to accomplish with undrafted free agents? We see that flurry of announcements as soon as the draft ends. Guys are trying to, to shuffle and grab pieces, and obviously you're trying to add to your team, but you don't see that many UDFA guys that end up on rosters. But sometimes you do. What are they trying to accomplish there? Well, I think overall it's really with the expanded practice squad, it's a, it's a way for them to add to their team. And this may be a player that's not uh, ready immediately. And when okay. I say immediately, uh, you know, when you talk about the first eight to ten games, but as injuries happen in the NFL, he can come in and he can play a role. And, you know, maybe in two years, three years, that player, you know, particularly an undrafted rookie free agent can step in and, and be able to help him. And so I know some guys, particularly in the state of Mississippi, are upset that they may not have gotten drafted. But they did sign that contract, and it's an opportunity. The, the one thing I'll tell them is, hey, look, when you're going in, most of those guys went into uh, the, the facility today, uh, and you'll have rookie minicamp that'll start you know, either this week or next week. Don't hang out with that veteran guy. Go in and be one of the first guys in the building. Be one of the last guys in the building. because. And what I mean is that veteran guy knows what it takes to be able to make the club. Mm, as a rookie, yeah. particularly as an undrafted rookie, you don't know what it takes. You want to listen to that veteran, but you don't want to go and hang out with him because he knows what he has to do to get his body ready. <laughs> you don't know yet. And so, you know, when he tells you, hey, look, let's go to Fox and the Hound or let's go, you know, we're going to go see the city and we're going to this concert, you tell him, no, I need to learn the playbook. You know, for him to absorb it and learn the playbook and go through OTA. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can also find them at uh, Chandelure Outfitters in Ocean Springs, Kincaid's Fine Clothing in Ridgeland, Reed's in Starkville, Randy Price and Company in Hattiesburg, Abrams in Indianola, The Willander in Brandon. I may have mispronounced that. Mile 363 in Natchez, T. Sappington and Company in New Albany. So men's specialty stores all across the state of Mississippi, all across the southeast. There are hundreds of stores now across the southeast. In fact, I was talking to a buddy the other day. He's like, hey, I didn't tell you this. He's like, we went to um, we went to North Carolina for spring break this year. They were in the Highlands, that kind of mountainous area, beautiful part of the state of North Carolina. And he's like, we went in this store, and I was looking around, and I was like, hey, is that genteel? And they're like, yeah. They're like, we sell a ton of this stuff. He's like, hey, this color pullover in particular, we've reordered it three different times. Genteel growing across the southeast. Uh, you can try their collegiate collection. Proud to be partners with Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. I was watching Kyle Peterson talk to Paul Feinbaum on television during the break. And KP looks to be in shock and sounds to kind of be in shock over this thing uh, on multiple levels. He's like, nobody ever talks about gambling on college baseball. He's like, football game, we know the line. Basketball game, we know the line. I mean, good grief, it's like on the ticker across the bottom of the screen. It's mainstream, but it's not in baseball. And he also was really hesitant to talk about Brad Bohannon. He's like, obviously Alabama fired him. They wouldn't have fired him if they didn't think they needed to fire him. But he's like, 
Peterson said his thing. He goes, you know, you, you think kind of across sports. There are guys that pop into your head. They're like, oh, yeah, I could see him being involved in this. And he said, Brad Bohan is not one of those guys or wasn't one of those guys. That he'd known him for 15 years. And I just get the feeling that there are people, the people that know Brad Bohannon, Kendall Rogers included, talked to Kendall earlier today, are shocked that he is the guy that's wrapped up in this. And if we're connecting dots, if everybody is so shocked that Brad Bohannon is wrapped up in this story, then hey, that it it almost kind of lends a little more credence to your theory earlier of so what else was going on? If this is so out of character for Brad Bohannon, if he's the last guy you would have ever thought would be involved in giving out information to sports gamblers. What's the rest of the story? Why did he do it? That's not just a, I don't know, I wasn't thinking and I made a mistake. No. Right. That that explanation is not going to fly on this one. Yeah. Or I just needed some extra cash. No. No. There's got to be another layer to this, and I'm sure we're going to find out what it is, and I feel like it's going to be very, very unsavory uh, when we get there. Yeah. It feels like that's the most logical next step. Um, Because even if you're bad with money, making almost half a million dollars makes it almost impossible to be bad with money to the point where you have to go to such a length uh, to to make some. I saw somebody point out earlier, and... They're spot on. The, the the layers of stupidity of this. The the bet seemingly was quite large. They haven't reported the exact number. They've intimated that it's a large bet. We'll find out what the exact number is. That number, considering how unbetted, it's not a phrase, but we'll go with it, college baseball is, was likely more than the rest of the handle on the game. I mean, there is no way that 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 was going to end any other way. And, you know, speaking of things I saw earlier, it was pointed out by uh, one of my guys that, that do radio in Louisville, the legalization of this is why this got caught. And, and that's an important factor here because some, said that people, earlier today. some people are going to talk about, well, this is what happens when you legalize gambling. No, this is what happens when you because. legalize gambling. The people that do it get caught this time. Yeah, I mean, that's the point that I made earlier when yeah. I said, look, in a, in a previous iteration of sports gambling, this happens in more of a shady underworld-type setting, and there's no regulation, and nobody's tracking it, and there are no integrity monitors, and nobody knows, and perhaps this is something that continues. But in this world, this era that we are in with sports gambling, there's light shining on it. It's not in the darkness. It, it's not an underworld. It's not in dimly lit rooms where you got a a bookmaker with a spiral bound notebook who's sitting next to the phone and writing down bets as they come in. Yeah. Not how it works anymore. The whole system is automated and driven by algorithms and people that are smarter than us. 
And people who have built computer programs to track everything and help set the lines. Maybe less so in college baseball, because the information for college baseball is less sophisticated than most of the other things that you gamble on. They're catching up. And we learned, in a general sense, because this is all alleged, if you are going to commit crimes, don't talk about it in a casino. Don't communicate what you're going to do inside of that casino, because right. apparently they'll catch you. This is good, right? Dan and Hattiesburg says, how much could he have possibly made with that kind of a line? Was it really worth it? Well, clearly, no, it was not worth it. But no, it was not an advantageous line. The, the money line on this game was minus 245, and what that means is you would have to bet $245 to win 100 You would have to bet $24,500 to win $10,000. you would have to bet $245,000 to win $100,000. It's almost kind of one of those, unless you can make a massive bet, the juice isn't worth the squeeze on this. A $50,000 bet at those odds would win you $20,000. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, just saw this on Twitter. Do you know what what street Great American Ballpark is on? I do not. It's on Pete Rose Way. Wow. But, it, Richard, everything, you, time really is a flat circle, man. It, really it is. is. I mean, I, I'm getting repetitive with this, but, but it bears repeating every single Alabama loss this season has to be reviewed. Every single loss. And not just reviewed from a personnel pitching standpoint. Now the casinos, any casino that took bets on Alabama baseball are going to have to review the bets and who they came from. Every single loss this season, they're going to have to go back and look at. Have to. You have no choice. Sports Talk Mississippi, you can be part of the conversation with us on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. If you happen to be in the market, for a new Ford F-150. Boy, have I got the place for you. It's Belk Ford in Oxford on Highway 6 West. If you've been tracking car buying for the last couple of years, you know that inventory has been down. It's been hard to find exactly what you're looking for. It's not the case at Belk Ford right now. They have got a lot full of F-150s. Whether you're looking for one with a Lariat trim package or maybe the trimmer, or the rattler, or an XLT, whatever it is that you're looking for, they've got them in stock, and interest rates that are finally coming down a little bit, 3.9% for 60 months on a new F-150. If you you want to go with a little bigger payment but pay less interest, you can go 36 months, 0% with approved credit. So a great time to get behind the wheel of a Ford F-150. When you walk in the showroom at Belk, they're going to treat you like family because that's what they are. They are a family-owned company since the 1920s. They've been a Ford dealer since the 1950s. 
and they're going to take care of you. And it's not just at the point of sale. They'll take care of you after the sale as well with a service department that is second to none. They've just enhanced the service department, opened up a new lane as well. If you're shopping for a Ford F-150 or any Ford vehicle, check out Belk Ford in Oxford. It's worth the drive if you don't live in or around Oxford. They'll take care of you. They'll treat you like family. You want to start your search, you can do so online at BelkFord.net. We do have college baseball coming up tonight, Ole Miss and Missouri. First pitch for that game is at 6 o'clock, so about 15 minutes from right now. And then first pitch for Alabama and Vanderbilt from Tuscaloosa is at uh, 7 o'clock tonight. Number 5, Vanderbilt at Alabama. When we talked this morning, we didn't expect that we were going to spend two and a half of the three hours on Alabama baseball. They are what a massive story. Something always comes up. I wasn't expecting this one, though. We'll put a bow on this edition of Sports Talk Mississippi when we come back with you and the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. One last time with you on Sports Talk Mississippi on this Thursday afternoon. Ole Miss baseball coming up at the top of the hour on many of these same stations. Told you for well over a year now about M-Trade Park in Oxford, a multi-sport facility that is second to none. And in terms of schedule, and they are busy, but uh, not too busy to have your team be a part. U-Triple-S-A baseball tournament's happening three of the next four weekends. You had it this weekend, next weekend, and then the last weekend of the month of May. And then on May 20th, there's a U-Triple-S-A fast pitch tournament as well. You can go to the website, mtradepark.com, click on the schedule link, and then click on the tournament that you are interested in, and you can register right there online for your team to be a part. If you're going to play, play M-Trade, mtradepark.com. Guys, I have an award to hand out before we finish up today. The Self-Awareness Award today goes to a man who represents a place that is not always considered to be particularly self-aware. University of Texas President Jay Hartzell said earlier today that he will attend the SEC's annual meeting later this month with the goal of building relationships not immediately trying to flex Longhorn's muscle in the new league. Jay Hartzell said to reporter, uh, to uh, I guess it was to ESPN, it's going to be weird. I'll be there with no voting rights. We're not officially in yet. My impression is scheduling is tough for them, probably will be the topic of the day, and then figuring out what is the latest in terms of media discussions and how those two interact. I'll be there mainly to start building relationships. But this is the quote where he gets the award for self-awareness. Jay Hartzell said, quote, I don't want to come in here guns blazing. Texas, on occasion, has a reputation, as you know, being an alpha. (laughs) Not on the football field. (laughs) I'm happy. No, Texas, University of. I'm happy to come in and just start being part of the team. It's a great league. 
and we're excited about it, and we want to fit in and be a good partner with the league, with all the other presidents and chancellors. We've got a role to play, but also Alpha. want to be a team player. Alpha. But Texas has a reputation of being at, they have dominated the conversation everywhere they've been. They've bullied their conference mates. Except for on the field. On the, yeah, I'm not talking I about know, on I'm, the field. I'm, We're talking about meetings here. Yeah, but who cares about meetings when the teams stink? But the University of President says, you know, we've kind of got a but reputation it, yeah. and we're not coming in here good. That, okay, congratulations for being self-aware because that would not have been well-received. And you would have quickly been put in your place. And so instead, you just put yourself in your place before the meetings even begin that you're not technically even a part of, that they're just letting you come hang I out. Tw- I give it 20 minutes. Then he gets there. He's like, oh, yeah, they're the new Texas. We're going to team players. 20 minutes in. So what do you mean we have to share the money equally? Hmm. Um, yes, that's that's how it works in these parts, Jay. I just hope, uh, like Keith, because is Keith Carter the tallest athletic director? I'd be willing to bet he is. Hmm. He may not be, but at least he was an athlete. Sel- Selman, Selman, and uh, and Carter are the two tallest athletic directors. I'll guarantee it. Both of them former athletes too. Yeah, just I hope those two guys just. Welcome. <laughs> Set him between. Well, I mean, Selman just came from Oklahoma. He'll have no problem oh, yeah. dropping a horns down. Hmm. If, if the SEC starts penalizing horns down on the football field, I will lead a charge on the league office. We will do a sit-in. We will do what those weirdos do and like glue ourselves to the floor, and we'll spray mustard on the paintings. Oh, no, any. We, we are we? not. You got a stand mouse in your that. pocket? Who, who are you talking about? We? I'm not gluing oh, myself no, to anything. People, I, I will rally the troops. People are going to come with me, and we are going to demand the league allow people to horns down Texas. If they, st- I will be so mad. Seriously, it angers me when a player in the Big Twelve does a horns down and he gets penalized. That is ridiculous. And if Greg Sankey does it. We're coming. I'm still trying to think about the height. Hunter Yurichek's a tall guy at Arkansas, isn't he? Missouri's got a female athletics director. Scott Woodward's short. Scott Strickland is average height. He's probably six feet. Bjork is short. I heard that. (laughs) Ray Tanner's not very tall. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Barnhart at Kentucky is... There's two of us. Dwayne's coming with me. Very average. My numbers have grown by Danny, 100%. Danny White's tall. Huh? But it's it's like, got to be Selman and Carter. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're so. both I like 6'5". 6'6", six, right. six, six, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Let them introduce. We've cornered the market here in this state on tall athletic directors. Dan and Hattiesburg. Are you kidding me? Vandy gets as much as we do? Everybody is treated the same. You like to win that game, don't you? Thanks for being with us. Fun afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi. Eventful afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi. It was something. We'll do it again tomorrow starting at 3 o'clock right here in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Enjoy your Thursday night. Ole Miss baseball coming up. Might want to watch Alabama and Vanderbilt. 7 o'clock on ESPNU. The Ole Miss games on the SEC Network in just minutes. Good night.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.